Book One, Chapter Six of Bradford's History of the Plymouth Settlement, sixteen o eight to sixteen fifty. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Bradford's History of the Plymouth Settlement by William Bradford, rendered into modern English by Harold Paget. Book One, Chapter Six. Upon the receipt of these papers through one of their messengers, they had a solemn meeting and a day of humiliation to seek the Lord's direction, and their pastor took this text, First Samuel 23, 3 and 4. And David's men said unto him, See, we be afraid here in Judah, how much more if we come to Calah against the host of the Philistines. Then David asked counsel of the Lord again. From this text he taught things very aptly and befitting the present occasion, strengthening them against their fears and perplexities, and encouraging them in their resolutions. Afterwards they decided what number and which of the members should prepare to go first, for not all that were willing to go could settle their affairs in so short a time, nor if all could have been ready, would there have been means of transport for them those that stayed being the greater number required the pastor mr robinson to stay with them and for other reasons he could not well go and so it was the more easily conceded the others then desired the elder mr brewster to go with them which was agreed to it was also decided by mutual consent that those who went should be a separate church, distinct from those who stayed, since, with such a dangerous voyage before them, and removal to such a distance, it might happen that they should never meet again as a body in this world. But there was this proviso, that when any of the members at Leiden came over to join the others, or when any of the others returned, they should be received as members without any further testimonial it was also promised by the rest to those that went first that if the lord gave them life and opportunity they would come to them as soon as they could about this time while they were troubled at the proceedings of the virginia company and the ill news about mr blackwell and his fellow colonists and were busy inquiring about the hiring or buying of shipping for their voyage some dutchmen made them offers about going with them also Mr. Thomas Weston, a merchant of London, came to Leiden about the same time, being well acquainted with some of them, having assisted them in their former proceedings, and after much conference with Mr. Robinson and other chief members, he persuaded them to go on, and not to join with the Dutch, or to depend too much on the Virginia Company, for if that failed them, he and some of his merchant friends would supplement their means and set them forth he advised them to prepare and fear neither want of shipping nor of money what they needed should be provided and not so much for himself as for the satisfaction of his friends they were to draw up articles of agreement and make a proposition such as would be likely to incline his friends to the venture upon which an agreement was drawn up and was shown to and approved by him and was afterwards sent to england by their messenger mr john carver who together with robert cushman were to receive the money and make provision both for shipping and other things for the voyage they were charged not to exceed their commission but to proceed according to the agreement others at leyden were chosen to proceed with similar arrangements which were to be made there those that were to go prepared with all speed and sold their estates putting their money into the common stock which was in charge of those appointed to make the general provisions about this time they heard both from mr weston and others that sundry honorable lords had obtained a large grant from the king of the more northerly parts of the country arising out of the virginia company's patent but wholly separated from its government and to be called by another name viz new england 
to these parts mr weston and the chief members began to feel that it was best for them to go amongst other reasons chiefly because of the profit to be made from the fishing there but in all business the executive part is most difficult especially where the concurrence of many agents is necessary and so it was found to be in this undertaking some of those in england who were to have gone changed their minds and would not go other merchants and friends who had offered to invest their money in the project withdrew making many excuses some wished them to go to guiana others again would risk nothing if they did not go to virginia some again indeed those they had most relied on utterly disapproved of virginia and would do nothing if they went there in the midst of these distractions those at leyden who had disposed of their property and expended their money were in great straits and feared disastrous results but at length the majority inclined to the new england settlement but now another difficulty arose mr weston and some of his friends either for their own advantage or as they pretended to make further inducements for others to join them insisted on altering some of the conditions that had been agreed upon at leyden to these alterations the two agents sent from leyden or at least one of them who is most to be blamed for it consented fearing that otherwise it would all be thrown up they presumed to agree with the new terms in some particulars overstepping their authority and commission and without giving due notice indeed the fact that it was concealed for fear of any further delay afterwards caused much trouble and contention i will here insert a copy of these new conditions as follows july first sixteen twenty one the adventurers and planters agree that every person who goes of sixteen years and upwards be rated at ten pounds ten pounds to be reckoned as a single share two that he who goes in person and furnishes himself with ten pounds either in money or provisions be accounted as having twenty pounds in stock and in the division shall receive a double share three the persons transported and the adventurers shall continue their joint stock and partnership together for seven years unless some unexpected impediment cause the whole company to agree otherwise during which time all profits and benefits go by trade traffic trucking working fishing or any other means by any persons or person shall remain in the common stock until the division Four that on their arrival there they shall choose out such number of fit persons as may man their ships and boats at sea employing the rest in their several faculties upon the land such as building houses tilling and planting the ground and making such commodities as shall be most useful for the colony five that at the end of the seven years the capital and profits viz the houses lands goods and chattels shall be equally divided among the adventurers and planters which done every man shall be free of any debt to any other of them arising from this adventure six whosoever shall come to the colony hereafter or shall contribute to the stock shall at the end of the seven years be allowed proportionately to the time of his doing so seven he who shall take his wife and children or servants shall be allowed for every person now aged sixteen years and upwards a single share in the division or if he provide them with necessaries a double share or if they be between ten and sixteen two of them to be reckoned as one person both in transportation and division eight that such children as now go and are under the age of ten years have no other share in the division but fifty acres of unmanured land nine that such persons as die before the seven years be expired 
their executors to have their part or share at the division proportionately to the time of their life in the colony ten that all such persons as are of this colony are to have their food drink clothing and all provisions out of the common stock and goods of the said colony the principal difference between this and the former agreement consisted of these two points that the houses and improved lands especially gardens and home lots should remain undivided and should belong wholly to the planters at the seven years end secondly that they should have two days a week for their own private employment for the greater comfort of themselves and their families but as letters are considered the best part of history by some wise men i will show their grievances on the score by their own letters mr john robinson at leyden to mr john carver in england my dear friend and brother whom with yours i always remember in my best affection and whose welfare i shall never cease to commend to god by my best and most earnest prayers you thoroughly understand by our general letters the state of things here which indeed is very pitiful especially the want of shipping and not seeing means of providing it though in addition there is great want of money for other needful things mr pickering you know before this will not defray a penny here though robert cushman reckoned upon i know not how many hundred pounds from him and i know not whom else but it seems strange that we should be asked to take the risk of his and his partner's enterprise and yet mr weston writes to him that he has drawn upon him for one hundred pounds more there is some mystery in this as indeed there seems to be in the whole affair besides this those who were to pay in such of their money as is yet in arrears refuse to do it till they see shipping provided or steps taken for its provision indeed i think there is not a man here who would pay anything if he had his money in his purse again we depended on mr weston alone and upon such means as he would procure and when we had in hand another project with the dutchman we broke it off at his instance and upon the conditions propounded by him shortly after he had our interests sincerely at heart i know but he has not fulfilled his pledges thus far that he ought first to have put in his money is the opinion of many but that i can well excuse he being a merchant and having uses for it in the meantime to his benefit whereas others if it had been in their hands would have expended it but that he should not have had shipping ready before this or at least definite provision for it duly made known to us cannot in my conscience be excused i have heard that when he has been urged about the business he has put it off and referred it to others or would go to george morton and inquire news of him about things as if he himself had scarcely been even an accessory to it whether some of his friends have failed him and so he is not able to go through with things or whether he fears it will be ready too soon and so increase the charge of shipping or whether he thought by holding back to put us in straits thinking that thereby mr brewer and mr pickering would be induced to do more or what other mystery is in it we know not but certain we are that the arrangements made do not accord with the requirements mr weston makes himself merry with our endeavors to buy a ship but we have done nothing about this without good reason nor about anything else that i know of except two the one is that we employed robert cushman who though a good man and of special ability in his way is known to be most unfit to deal for others because of his singularity and too great indifference to the circumstances for as a matter of fact we have had nothing from him but terms and suggestions 
the other is that we have relied too much by implicit faith as it were upon generalities without having the details of ways and means for so important an affair settled between us for shipping mr weston it seems is set upon hiring which i hope he may soon accomplish of mr brewer you know what to expect i do not think mr pickering will take part except to buy as specified in former letters about the conditions you have our reasons for what is agreed upon and let this specially be borne in mind that the greatest part of the colony is likely to be employed constantly not upon cultivating their own particular land and building houses but upon fishing trading etc so though the land and houses would be but a trifling advantage to the adventurers the ultimate division of them would be a great discouragement to the settlers who would tend them with singular care to make them comfortable with borrowed hours from their sleep the same consideration of common employment constantly by the majority is good reason not to deny to the planters the two days a week for private use consider how unfitting you would find it that you and your likes should serve a new apprenticeship of seven years and not a day's freedom from task send me word what others are going who that are possessed of useful faculties how many and particulars of everything i know you do not lack a mind i am sorry you have not been in london all this while time will suffer me to write no more fare you and yours well always in the lord in whom i rest yours to use john robinson june fourteenth sixteen twenty several of them at leyden to john carver and robert cushman in england to their loving friends john carver and robert cushman good brethren we received several letters at the coming of mr nash and our pilot which was a great encouragement to us indeed had you not sent him many would have been ready to lose heart and give up partly because of the new conditions which have been accepted by you, which all are against, and partly for lack of our own ability to accomplish any of the important matters which you have commissioned us to do here. As to the former, of which Robert Cushman requests reasons for our dislike, and promises to alter them accordingly, saying that otherwise we must think he has no brains, we desire him to exercise them therein, referring him to our pastor's former reasons." but our desire is that you will not bind yourselves and us to any such unreasonable stipulations viz that the merchants shall have half the houses and lands at the dividend and that the settlers shall be deprived of the two days a week for their own work as agreed upon otherwise we cannot conceive why any of us should take servants for our own help and comfort since we could demand no service of them this alteration we have gathered only by word from mr nash and not from any letters of yours so we hope you have not proceeded far in so great a departure from the terms without our concurrence however requiring you not to exceed the bounds of your commission which was to proceed upon the conditions agreed upon and expressed in writing we leave it not without wondering that you yourselves as you write knowing how small a thing disturbs our consultations and how few understood the business aright should trouble us with such matters as these salute mr weston from us in whom we hope we are not deceived pray make known our present condition to him and if you think good show him our letters at least tell him that under god we rely much upon him and put our confidence in him and that as you well know if he had not joined with us we should not have entered upon the enterprise presuming that if he had not seen means to accomplish it he would not have begun it so we hope that he will so far help us that our expectations in him be not disappointed 
thus beseeching the almighty who is all-sufficient to raise us out of this depth of difficulties and to assist us herein and to supply means by his providence and fatherly care for us his poor children and servants that we may with comfort behold the hand of god for good towards us in this our enterprise which we undertake in his name and fear we take leave and remain your perplexed yet hopeful brethren samuel fuller edward winslow william bradford isaac allerton june tenth sixteen twenty robert cushman in england to the foregoing at leyden brethren i understand by letters that have come to me that many of you greatly dislike my proceedings sorry i am to hear it yet content to bear it not doubting that partly by writing and principally by word when we come together i can satisfy any reasonable man i have been persuaded by some especially the bearer of this to come and make things clear to you but as things now stand i cannot be absent one day without hazarding the whole voyage nor do i conceive that any great good would come of it take then brethren this as a step to give you content first as to your dislike of the alteration of one clause in the conditions if you see it aright no blame can lie on me at all the articles first brought over by john carver were never seen by any of the adventurers here except mr weston himself when he had well considered it five hundred pounds was withdrawn by sir george farrer and his brother because of it and all the rest would have withdrawn mr weston excepted if we had not altered the clause now when we at leyden concluded upon certain points as we did we reckoned without our host which was not my fault besides i showed you by letter the equity of the new condition as against our inconveniences which might be set against all the inconveniences cited by mr robinson and showed that without the alteration of that clause we could neither have means to get there nor supplies for our subsistence when we arrived yet notwithstanding all those reasons which were not mine but other men's wiser than myself without answer to any one of them many complaints are directed against me of lording it over my brethren and making conditions fitter for thieves and bond-slaves than honest men and at last came a paper of reasons against that clause in the conditions which since they were delivered to me open my answer shall be open to you all one first it is said that if there had been no division of houses and lands it would have been better for the poor true and that shows the inequality of the original conditions we should more respect him that ventures both his money and his person than him that ventures his person only two consider further that we are not giving alms but furnishing a storehouse no one will be poorer than his neighbor for seven years and from the nature of the enterprise if any of us be rich none of us can be poor at any rate we must not in such an undertaking start out with the cry poor poor mercy mercy charity has its life in disasters not in ventures three this will hinder the building of good houses which is contrary to sound politics so we would have it our purpose is for the present to build such houses as if need be we may with little grief set fire to and run away by the light our riches shall not be in pomp but in strength if god sends us riches we will employ them to provide more men ships ammunition etc you will see it argued amongst the best politicians that a commonwealth is readier to ebb than to flow when once fine houses and gay clothes appear for the government can prevent excess in building but if it be generally resolved on beforehand to build modest houses the governor's labor is spared five all men are not of one condition 
if by condition you mean wealth you are mistaken if you mean by condition qualities then i say that he who is not content that his neighbor shall have as good a house fair means etc as himself is not of good quality such secluded persons as have an eye only to themselves are fitter to come where catching is than closing and are fitter to live alone than in any society either civil or religious six it will be of little value scarcely worth five pounds true it may not be worth half five pounds if then so small a thing will content them why strive we thus about it and give them occasion to suspect us to be worldly and covetous i will not say what i have heard since these complaints first reached us here seven our friends that venture with us do not look to their own profit as did the old adventurers then they are better than we who for a little matter of profit are ready to draw back look to it brethren you that make profit your main end repent of this or go not lest you be like jonas to tarshish though some of them have no eye for profit others have and why not they as much as we such ventures are undertaken by all sorts of men and we must try to content them all if we can eight it will break up the community as may be shown by many reasons that is only a statement and i say again it will best foster community as may be shown by many reasons nine great profit is likely to be made by trucking fishing etc as it is better for them so for us for half is ours besides getting our living from it and if profit comes largely in that way we shall labor less on the land and our houses and lands will be of less value ten our risk is greater than theirs true but do they force us to it do they urge or egg us has not the motion and resolution always been in ourselves do they any more than in seeing us resolute if we had means help us to means upon equal terms and conditions if we do not wish to go they are content to keep their money thus i have pointed out a way to loose those knots which i hope you will consider seriously and let me have no more stir about them now further i hear a noise about slavish conditions being made but surely this is all that i have altered and i have sent you the reasons if you mean about the two days a week for personal occupations you are misled you can have three days a week as far as i care if you wish and when speaking to the adventurers about times of working they said they hoped we were men of discretion and conscience and fit to be trusted with that but indeed the grounds of our proceedings at leyden were mistaken as for those of amsterdam i thought they would as soon have gone to rome as with us for our liberty is to them as ratsbane and their rigor as bad to us as the spanish inquisition if any action of mine discouraged them let them withdraw i will undertake they shall have their money back at once paid here or if the congregation think me the jonas let them dismiss me before we go i shall be content to stay with good will having but the clothes on my back let us then have quietness with no more of these clamours little did i expect these things which are now come to pass yours robert cushman whether this letter of his ever came to their hands at leyden i know not i rather think it was intercepted by mr carver and kept by him for fear it should give offence but the letter which follows was received robert cushman in england in reply to the joint letter from leyden 
I received your letter yesterday through John Turner, with another the same day from Amsterdam through Mr. W., savoring of the place whence it came. And indeed, the many discouragements I find here, together with the demurs there, made me say I would give up my accounts to John Carver, and at his coming acquaint him fully with all, and so leave it entirely with only the poor clothes on my back. But gathering myself up, on further consideration, I resolved to make one trial more, and to acquaint Mr. Weston with the unstable condition of things. He has been very discontented with us of late, and has even said that but for his promise he would have nothing more to do with the business. But considering how far we have gone already and how it stood with our credit, he pulled himself together, and coming to me two hours after, he told me he would not yet abandon it. So we decided to hire a ship, and have taken the option of one till Monday. It is small, but except one that was too large for our purpose, we could not get a larger, but it is a fine ship since our friends over there are so close-fisted we hope to secure her without troubling them any further and if the ship is too small it is only fitting that those who stumble at straws so early in the day shall rest them there a while lest worse blocks come in the way ere seven years be ended if you had faced this business so thoroughly a month ago and had written as you do now we could have concluded things with less difficulty but it is as it is i hope our friends there if they are quit of the ship hire will be induced to venture the more all that i now require is that salt and nets may be bought there all the rest we will provide here and if even that be impossible let them give you credit for a month or two and we will take steps to pay it all let mr reynolds remain there and bring the ship to southampton we have hired another pilot here a mr clark who went last year to virginia with a ship of cattle you shall hear more exactly by john turner who i think will leave here on tuesday night i had thought to come with him to answer the complaints but if i had more mind to go and dispute with them than i have care of this important project i should be like those who live by clamour and jangling but neither my mind nor my body is at liberty to do much for i am fettered with business and had rather study to be quiet than to make answer to their exceptions meanwhile entreat our friends not to be too busy in questioning my actions before they know them if i do things that i cannot give reasons for it seems you have sent a fool about your business in that case you had best return the reproof to yourselves and send another and let me return to my combs the lord who judges justly without respect of persons see into the equity of my cause and give us quiet peaceable and patient minds in all these turmoils and sanctify us unto all crosses whatsoever and so i take my leave of you all in all love and affection i hope we shall get all ready here in fourteen days your poor brother robert cushman june eleventh sixteen twenty there arose also a difference between the three that received the money and made the provisions in england for besides the two formerly mentioned sent from leyden john carver and robert cushman there was one chosen in england to join them in making provisions for the voyage his name was mr martin he came from billerike in essex whence several others came to join them as well as from london and other places it was thought right by those in holland that these strangers who were to go with them should appoint some one not so much from any great need of their help as to avoid all suspicion or jealousy indeed their care not to give offence both in this and other things afterwards greatly inconvenienced them as will appear 
however it showed their equal and honest minds the provisions were made for the most part at southampton contrary to mr weston's and robert cushman's advice which generally concurred in these things reference to these matters is made in the following letter from robert cushman to mr carver and more will appear afterwards robert cushman in london to john carver at southampton loving friend i have received some letters from you full of affection and complaints but what it is you want me to do i know not you cry out negligence 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 i marvel why so negligent a man as myself was employed to undertake the business yet you know that as far as my power permits nothing shall be one hour behind i warrant you you call upon mr weston to help us with more money than his share in the adventure while he protests that but for his promise he would not have done anything further he says we take a heady course and he is offended that our provisions are being made so far off and that he was not made acquainted with our quantity of things he says that working thus in three places so far distant we shall with going hither and thither wrangling and expostulating let the summer slip by before we start and to tell the truth there is already a flat schism among us we are readier to dispute than to undertake a voyage i have received from leyden since you went three or four letters directed to you though as they only concern me i will not trouble you with them i have always feared the event of the amsterdammers striking in with us i trow you must excommunicate me or else go without their company or we shall not lack quarrelling but let that pass we have reckoned it seems without our host and counting upon one hundred fifty persons we cannot raise above twelve hundred pounds odd besides some cloth stockings and shoes which are not counted so we shall come short at least three or four hundred pounds i would have reduced the beer and other provisions and now we could get both in amsterdam and kent beer enough but we cannot accept it without prejudice you fear we have begun to build and shall not be able to make an end our plans for provisioning not having been made in consultation we may justly fear the results there was no contention amongst us three at the first you wrote to mr martin to prevent the making of the provisions in kent which he did nevertheless and decided how much he would have of everything irrespective of us however your money which you must have there we will provide you with instantly five hundred pounds you say will serve as for the rest which will be required here and in holland we may go scratch for it as for mr crabb the minister of whom you write he has promised to go with us but i shall not be sure till i see him shipped for he is contentious on many points still i hope he will not fail think the best of all and bear with patience what is wanting and the lord guide us all your loving friend robert cushman london june tenth sixteen twenty i have been more discursive on these subjects and shall crave leave to be so concerning some similar occurrences which will follow though in other things i shall try to be more concise my object is that their children may see with what difficulties their fathers had to wrestle in accomplishing the first beginnings and how god ultimately brought them through notwithstanding all their weakness and infirmities also that some use may be made of them later by others in similar important projects herewith i will end this chapter end of book one chapter six